Welcome to NBA Holes episode, what are we now, Jules? I don't know, who cares? Okay, uh, welcome to episode number, who cares? Uh, I'm Brandon Perno, and this is Jules Ownby, and we're going to be talking NBA stuff in just a sec. But I'll let yes, Jules get it started with uh, our first topic of the day, which is... Top storylines heading into the season. So we're going to hit some top storylines, and then we're going to have a fun game of who he played for. And then we're going to have dinner because I'm hungry. Jules, I, I, I wanted to just hit you with a topic right off the bat. Why does James Harden think he is Dennis Rodman? He's a lot better than Dennis Rodman, I'll tell you that. Sure, but I mean, he still spent the last three days partying at the Braves <laughs> in Las Vegas. I don't know. I think uh, he's rebelling. I really, I don't have much of opinion on, an opinion, honestly. It seems like he wants out. He's going to get out, and this is definitely one of the top stories of the season, right? What do you, how do you feel about it? You know, coming as a place of, um, you know, just watching as a fan, I don't think, like, if you're a Houston Rockets fan and you've invested a lot of time watching James Harden and cheering for James Harden, I feel like you're a little bummed out right now. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, it's, it's weird seeing fans, uh, sorry, it's weird seeing players kind of force their way out of situations and teams. And, like, to me... James Harden partying at Lil Baby's uh, birthday and then going to to party at Dre's nightclub and not report for training camp. To me, it's like two-pronged. Number one, it appears unprofessional, you know? Well, yeah. (laughs) You were like, I know he opted out of the last year of his deal, but he's making so much money, you know? And number two, I mean, there's a worldwide pandemic going on and like, uh, you know, you have a lot of people that look up to you, and if you're out partying and that kind of thing, it doesn't set a good precedent for your fans. Yeah, and you're right. And it's not that it only appears unprofessional. It's that it is super unprofessional to not show up to work because you're partying during a global pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no question that. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, and it's kind of sad to see. Like, we don't make, fi- like, $50 million a season. It's like, I feel like if you did, you'd probably want to go into work and keep making that money. Yeah, I, for me, when people say that, I don't really latch on to that criticism because if you were the best player, at, if you're the best basketball player in the world and you made $50 million and you didn't want to play for the team you're on anymore, maybe you wouldn't do the same. But we both know that I would probably do the same. So. Maybe. But I look, man. At the end of the day, they make. Uh, let's like, if you're an NBA player, you make millions of dollars to play a child's game. It's a man's game. It's a sure. man's game, sir. Sure. <laughs> but it's you know, it's not rocket science. But that leads you know? us in to one of the top stories of the season, which is clearly James Harden wants out. Will he get traded this year? And if so, where will he go? And me and you have any... talked about this before, right? It doesn't seem like the Nets. The Nets just don't seem to have the package, and we know he wants to go to the Nets, but they just don't have enough. No. What are they going to give him, Kyrie Irving? Like, that's the only way that trade gets done. Yeah. The only way it gets done is if they step up and they say, we'll give you Kyrie, which honestly, Brooklyn probably should do. If they could get away with flipping Kyrie Irving into James Harden, that's a huge win. Obviously, they don't want to do that because – Kyrie signed in with KD, and maybe that would create a lot of drama with KD, who we know is fragile. But right. it's definitely the best basketball move. I mean, other than 
giving them Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a bunch of picks, but I don't think there's any way that they accept that. Do you? No, no. And, and like, and to be fair, man, like here's what here's why it's like I don't really respect what James Harden's doing because if you're the front office and James Harden's doing this, like, why would you respect his wishes and telling him where he wants to go? You know, you're gonna if you're the front office, you will actively seek out the best deal, even if that means sending James Harden to basketball purgatory. Yeah, and I mean, to me, Harden has two years left on his deal. So it's not the exact same situation as Anthony Davis being traded at the trade deadline and saying, I just won't re-sign with you guys. Yeah. I think if, if you get two years of James Harden still at his peak, that's still super valuable. Now, I don't know if there's any team out there that's a contender that's willing to give something up for him for two years, seeing as though maybe he won't re-sign. But I agree with you that you don't have to do what James Harden wants just because he's James Harden. You don't have to trade him where he wants. No, it's like there's like, you know, if the Knicks could put together a big package for James Harden, which would probably most be most of their team, you know, then like what's to stop Houston from sending him there, you know? Still well, the Knicks' York, lack of a package is, of <laughs> is what stops it. You know, but you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah. sorry, I'm, you know, sending him to a Knicks equivalent. You know, it's like, I just don't think that Harden's doing himself any favors by doing this stuff. Plus, like, what happened to the rumors last week that he was really excited to play with John Wall? You know what I mean? Seems like those rumors were just maybe not true. Perhaps. There's been a lot of, like, the stuff coming out of the Rockets camp and even Harden's camp this, this offseason has just been, like, the best way to put it, it's just strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been strange. It's been a strange time for the world, as well as for the Rockets, and also for James Harden. I don't know. I'd say they'll figure things out, but I have absolutely no idea. But it's like it's just so weird to go from a top con- like the Rockets falling from a top contending team to probably basketball purgatory now if Harden's out. Yeah, and it it happened so fast, right? It happened within two seasons. Two years ago, yeah. they're doing really good. Three years seasons ago, they almost beat the Warriors. The next year, they come back, and they're still really good with Chris Paul. Then they trade Chris Paul. All hell breaks loose. Now they're going to lose James Harden. They still weren't even bad with Russ. Like, uh, I thought Dan Tony put it in a nice game plan to play, for his, to play to his strengths. You know? But it's like, if Harden was going to go, you think they'd keep uh, – I don't know. Don't Let's know. move on to the next top Please. story. Please, I want to get out of this. <laughs> I think probably the biggest story of the year – is whether or not Giannis signs the Supermax. Because he's 26 years old. He's a two-time reigning MVP. Best regular season player in the league, probably. And also, the Bucs just gave up everything for Drew Holiday to try to keep Giannis. So if Giannis leaves, not only is that massive for the entire league as a whole, but the Bucs are then... The Bucs are dead for the next five years... And the Pelicans are in a really, really, really good place. So this has so many – there's so many repercussions and potential things that can happen with Giannis leaving. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. Have they given Giannis enough reason to sign a Supermax? Like they're obviously committed to helping him win, but it's like I know just rumors again that he was really, you know, hoping Bogdanovich would come play. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like – have you given him enough reason to sign on to a Supermax, you know? And it's like, 
I don't know. If you're Giannis, what, I, I'm not coming with a ton of – it's all speculation for me tonight. I apologize to our listeners who are probably like, why does Brandon not know anything? Um, <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm Giannis, if I sign a Supermax contract to, you know, spend my prime in Milwaukee, you know? It's like, have they given – it's like, have they shown that they're willing to do enough? Like, to me, like – not only did they, it's like I see that they went in uh, for Drew Holiday, but I also see that they botched the trade that didn't need to be botched. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Uh, we'll, and we'll face repercussions for that. What's the repercussions for that? Are they going to lose a first round pick? You know what I mean? So it's like. It doesn't seem that anything is actually going to happen there except for them just looking stupid, honestly. So, but then it's like, you know, there's a, a lot of fun. And then it's like, okay, do you want to stay with the Bucks or. Now, I mean, the two top Giannis destinations rumored are Toronto and Miami. Or do you make a jump? No. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things to be considered. And Giannis is also raising a family. Does he want to raise a family in Milwaukee? Or does he want to raise a family in Canada? Or does he want to raise a family in Miami? I don't know. Man, it's, uh, it's tough to say. But it's also interesting that he hasn't signed the Supermax deal because he's been available to sign that now for a little while. Yeah, and I think... The only thing that the Bucks actually have going for them is that Giannis seems to be a different kind of guy to the typical NBA superstar who was raised in the U.S., you know? He seems to value loyalty to the Bucks organization more than, say, a LeBron who just wants to get the most money and win the most titles. And maybe I'm wrong because I don't know Giannis personally, but if there is any superstar that I would see actually re-signing in Milwaukee... It is Giannis. However, that doesn't bring much to me, man. Because it's like, I, if you go back and look through Kevin Durant's Oklahoma City era, and like every time he was like eligible to sign a contract or become a free agent, a restricted free agent, or vice versa, he all of his talks, everything he said was very good for the cameras. And it was just like, I want to stay here. I want to bring a championship to Oklahoma City. I love this town. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Even Kyrie Irving like went to the season ticket holder event with Celtics last year and said, "If you have me, I would love to resign here at the end of the season." You know, yeah. man. It's, 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 like I don't get. I, I take every every quote like that. I take with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, uh, if you're a basketball player um, and a professional, you're going to do whatever is best for you. And if that means you know Giannis leaving the Bucks because he thinks it's the best decision for him and his family. That's what he's going to do. The same re- same way that Kevin Durant thought what was best for his career was going to Golden State, and the same way Kyrie just you know completely ignored his uh, sentiments at the beginning of the season and uh, went off to Brooklyn. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the best move for Giannis is I think if Giannis wants to win the most long term, he goes to Dallas next summer. He gets to play with Luca. I think that's the perfect matchup for him. He has a guy who can create a shot. He can work from the outside, and he can also create shots for Giannis. However, I think if Giannis wants to be a guy with his biggest legacy, he stays in Milwaukee. Because if, if Giannis goes to Dallas, he's on Luka's team. I just, think, I just see Giannis as the kind of guy who's going to actually end up staying with the Bucks. Now, that being said, it's getting a little more sketchy now because... When all the news came out about the Bogdanovich deal and the Drew Holiday deal, right away the news was coming out of Milwaukee and people were saying they think he's going to re-sign, things are looking good, and then that Bogdanovich deal fell apart, and now we haven't really heard anything about it yet. So I don't know. We'll see. 
we'll see. It'll be interesting. If he goes into the season still not having signed the Supermax, I think he won't sign it, and then we'll have a big free agency debacle next year. Look at like oh I'll, I'll, um, I'll come out on the Giannis situation just one more like one more time. Um, so coming from a complete Miami perspective, um, the whole like I always find it weird. You know, it's like uh, if like Miami's also like sorry, Miami's obviously in a different place they were in 2011 and 2010 when uh, when LeBron signed, but it's like. It's always weird to me now to see like major free agents, um, you know, like Giannis coming to Miami because it's always wonders if, or it always makes me wonder if, you know, they're not trying to copy like the LeBron move. You know, it's like did being a major free agent superstar and going to Miami become a LeBron thing? You know, so it's like when we talk about legacy and when we talk about this kind of thing, uh, I always wonder if, you know, a, you know, a big superstar like that is going to be put off by doing something like that because. They're just going to be compared to like, oh, remember when LeBron went to Miami? And then remember when Giannis went to Miami? So I'm just kind of speaking to that a little bit because it's just something that sits in the back of my head. Um, Yeah, I agree with you there. And that's also another reason why when I hear people say like the Warriors are contending to get Giannis, I think that's ridiculous because after everything that happened to KD and how that kind of tarnished his legacy, Giannis has seen that. You know, I think James Harden has seen that. People saw what that did. And I don't think that the Warriors are going to get another big superstar like that. That's true. We're going to see, man. Um, so you you wanted me to come up with another uh, hot topic. Yeah, what's your next top story heading into the year? Um, let's talk about how players aren't allowed to do um, load management anymore. As of today. If it's an do you think that's game, actually going to change anything, though? No. I mean, I think uh, I think maybe uh, people will they'll stop the players from outright sitting, you know, like mm-hmm. sitting like sitting during the game. But uh, I think like maybe like if you have someone like LeBron go up, or if you had someone like LeBron playing, I feel like they might you know play him like hockey minutes basically. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've seen this for a long time. Last year, they asked teams not to rest their guys, and they still arrested their guys. Did, to me, the organization is just going to say his back is sore, his ankle's sore, whatever. It doesn't – I wouldn't anticipate anything changing because the NBA said, we'll fine you $100,000 if you don't play your stars on a Saturday night game. Let me hit you with what I think is a bigger story, though. All right. LeBron potentially winning his fifth title, and does that mean that he passes Jordan? I don't know, man. Um it's so the Jordan like man I don't want to do LeBron versus Jordan but like I can at least comment a little bit on it. Um, Jordan will always I think be like held above LeBron only for the fact that Jordan has never lost an NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. You know that's like like LeBron is what he's doing right now is it's pure greatness you know and you might be the best all round player of all time you know what I mean but it, it's like they'll always bring it back to LeBron has lost. Uh, was it He's lost six finals, LeBron? He's, yeah, he's four and six in the finals. He's four and six in the finals. You know? So but he made ten be, finals. I know, which is spectacular. But unfortunately, you know, we live in an era where, you know, if you ain't first, you're last, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bobby, baby. So it's like, let, let's, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think it's spectacular. Um, and, you know, what will get lost on people 
is what LeBron is doing at his age. You know, um, you got to think that LeBron came in with a ton of players who are not performing at the level of LeBron. Dwayne Wade is retired. Chris Bosh. Everybody is, else is retired from that yeah. draft, no? No. Uh, I mean, Carmelo's still there. He's just oh, not, yeah. on the, <laughs> not on the level. <laughs> he was retired. He wasn't retired. He was almost forced retired. That's a, that's a whole story for another day. Um, but, you know, that being said, it's like, not only is LeBron one of the only active players from that draft class, but he is still arguably the best player in the league. And uh, I feel like that gets lost on people because LeBron is just do is performing at this elite level when really he should be declining heavily. Yeah. And I agree with you in the sense that people that say Jordan is the best ever are never going to say LeBron is the best ever. But people that are reasonable are going to see that LeBron will finish. He's going to end his career being the leading point scorer of all time. He's then going to end his career having a much better statistical resume than Jordan. So the only, if he wins his fifth, the only differentiator is that one title and the fact that he lost a bunch of finals. But, I mean, his resume is just going to be so strong. But I agree with you that I think the legacy of Jordan being Jordan, it'll never be topped. No, I mean, it's, it's just always going gonna, always gonna to cause a divide. You know, it's like, I don't think we'll ever be, unless, unless Luca is just spectacular for the rest of his career. I don't know. Find a a consensus, uh, greatest of all time. I think there always, there will always be a big split. Yeah. I think LeBron can definitely, if he gets number five, he can definitely chip away at that legacy big time to the point where it's not just Jordan is number one to the point where it's actually a debate that has merit. And not just a debate for Stephen A. Smith to yell at somebody about. Yeah. I hear you. What else you got, Jules? All right. Well, I've got this one for you. Skinny Zion has no minutes limit, and he's skinny and looks like he's in shape. (laughs) So, so, um, bringing it back, if you guys have listened to previous episodes, Fat Zion was a major concern for Jules. In fact, I think it's something that kept him up at night a little bit. I heavily uh, fat shamed Zion and had nightmares about it. So uh, he's very excited by the fact that Zion appears to be in shape, and um, you know, and, and rightfully so. I think Zion in shape can be the number one pick that he was supposed to be. I think he'll, he can be a bigger presence than he was in those first couple of games last year. Um, you know how I feel about him being under the tutelage of Stan Van Gundy. I think it's going to be great for his career. I think the Pelicans are going to be very scary, like scary good, and. Uh, you know, excited, excited to see Zion in action. Um, you know, excited to see um, what was you know the top build player from last year. I want to see the cover athlete of NBA Two K Twenty One Next Generation. I want that guy. <laughs> I think I think we might finally see that. Yeah, I really like the way that he looks. He just looks lean and athletic again, like at Duke. And at Duke, last year we saw him be an incredible offensive player but a guy that by the end of the year wasn't even moving on defense. And, I mean, I've been over this multiple times. He just looked big and heavy, and he wasn't moving right. Right now, he looks like he looked at Duke. And at Duke, this guy was flying around all over the court on defense. So I'm really excited to see if he's able to bring the energy that he brought at Duke because last year it felt like he only had energy for offense. And if he can be a real complete player this year, I feel really, really good about him going forward and really good about the Pelicans going forward. Do you think the Pelicans 
have an actual shot at making the playoffs this year? Yes, absolutely. Why not? The Rockets might not even be playoff contenders. So there's a there's an open spot right there. That's a good point about the Rockets. I don't know. I just the West is so deep and there's so many good teams right now that I don't see the at least in the traditional top eight, I don't see the Pelicans sneaking in there. I think they'll probably end up being in the play in. And then anything can happen, but it's gonna be tough for them to get into the top eight. No, for sure. Well, we'll see, man. It, it just—it really depends. Like, uh, it's not a long season. Anything can happen. It might just be a thing where these younger players perform well in a shortened season. You know, mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, it is a battle of attrition. I mean, we saw during the last shortened season, uh, which not counting last year, but I'm counting the lockout year. It's like a lot of a lot of teams really suffered with injury. You know, who's to say that won't be the case that this year with? Um, you know, with older teams. And then you have an extremely young team like the Pelicans who just uh, just win that battle of attrition based on the fact that they're young and really haven't played. They only played like a handful of games in the bubble, you know? So they've been off for a while. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Rockets... I mean, if James Harden doesn't play, I guess the Rockets are completely out of the playoff picture. But that's just... That's crazy to think of, of the Rockets falling that far after having been in the playoffs for what feels like 15 years straight. No doubt. All right. (laughs) We'll have to see. Yeah. All right. Next top story for you. Will KD be KD? I mean, I'm not a doctor, Jules, uh, but judging from what I've seen, he looks pretty good. Look, Achilles tears are not the easiest thing to come back from. I mean, Kobe never came back to his true self, but that being said, Kobe was pretty old at the time. KD is a lot older. Yeah, KD is still quite young, you know, so it's like, and he's also a leaner body type. And, uh, you know, um, it really depends, man. Uh, I'm sure, like, KD's had about a year off now, or or more than a year off now. So that is actually quite good for him, I want to say. And he's probably been working with the best trainers um, and the best doctors to kind of get back to being as close to 100% as he can be. But I don't know. I think we're going to see. If KD. Uh, comes back um, and he's 100%, he might be the only player in history to have done that because most players, I think excluding maybe one season from Dominic Wilkins, have always struggled uh, coming back from uh, an Achilles tear. Yeah. Yeah, and everything you said, all the reports say that he looks really good, but everybody always, no one ever says, oh, he looks like shit in his off-season workouts, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think if KD comes back and he looks... And he's even 85, 90% of what he was beforehand. Then we're looking at a completely different Eastern Conference. Completely different. And that changes. I mean, KD being 80, 90% changes so much in the playoff picture, in the future of the league, in the all-NBA teams. It it could change how much money like a Bradley Beal ends up getting because, say, KD steals an all-NBA spot from him. You know what I mean? There's so many things that could potentially happen. We just have to wait and see how good he actually is. Like Hit me with another top story, sir, please. Okay, so actually, I'm just going to bleed into that. Um, there's been a huge disparity of teams that just played like three, uh, two months ago and teams that have not played in nearly nine months. How do you think that's going to affect this season? That's a really good question. I think for the most part, it won't really affect. I think the regular season games won't be affected, except for like 
maybe the Lakers would be a little tired, you know. Except the Lakers are almost a whole new team, and I think they'll be really rejuvenated by all the youth and excitement there. But I think basketball players are basketball players. You know, I think these guys can take a year off and then pick up a ball and still shoot. And now they've had more than enough time to all be in shape, all be ready for the season, except for some of them who are currently on benders. Most of them have probably been working and are ready for the season. So I don't think it should affect that much. What do you think? It really depends, man. It could go either way. You know, it's like um, teams that had played two months ago are maybe still like, like I look at something like the Miami Heat. This is largely the same team that just played, you know. So they might still be in kind of game shape and ready to go. And that chemistry will just carry over where a lot of guys, a lot of teams are inserting guys who've never played together. You know, so I wonder how much of an effect that'll have, you know? And yeah, it'll like, be interesting. No, go on. Ru- oh, and the last thing I was going to say is just general rust. Like, uh, like, 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 sure, they had the mini training camps during the summer for, like, teams like the Timberwolves and the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that, that's still not, they're not NBA games. How much rust is going to be there? Yeah. And when you're looking at, like, you're talking about KD, who took a whole year off and then had this whole extra time off. But, I mean, Steph almost did all the same stuff, right? He didn't play – he played, what, like six games, five games, four games? I'll look it up. He didn't play a lot of games last year, and he's had a lot of time off, and now he comes back to a whole new team. So, yeah, it's going to be a big factor, and I think that chemistry question is a bigger question than are guys going to be in shape and ready for the season. Yeah, I mean – we're gonna we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see. All right. I, I, I hate that. I hate that. That's my answer for all this stuff. But it's like you know, when you're purely speculating right now, it's there's not a lot to go on. You know, it's just a lot of how's this gonna play out. I feel like we're gonna have a good sense of how that's gonna play out in literally the first night of the season. I think there's gonna be Yo. some sloppy basketball for the first week and a half to two weeks. Same way there was some sloppy basketball at the beginning of the bubble. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see any five-man center lineups like at the beginning of the bubble. We're going to see. <laughs> We're going to see very soon, my friend. All right. So now let's get, let's get into the back half, the second segment of the podcast, in which we're going to play a game of who he play for. So for all our listener, Ethan, the way this is going to work is that I've got five guys for Brandon who – have changed teams, and we're not sure who he played for. So I'm going to call it the name. Brandon's going to have a chance to guess or just tell me what team he plays for. If Brandon doesn't know, I'll give him four options, and then he'll tell me who he plays for. Sound good? All right, Jules, let's give it a shot. All right, starting it off with JaVale McGee. Who he play for, Brandon? Oh, did JaVel McGee get traded to Cleveland? He did. He got traded to Cleveland. Good, you're one for one. All right, who else you got? All right. Kent Bazemore, sir. Who does he play for? Oh, man. Um, is Kent Bazemore, he's out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer. You can just think out loud. I'll say nothing mm-hmm. until you're ready to guess. Oh, shit, Kent Bazemore. Does Kent Bazemore play for the Houston Rockets? He does not play for the Houston Rockets. Do you want your hints or your guesses? Um, 
Does he play for the Sacramento Kings? He does not play for the Sacramento Kings. Where, where in the world is Kent Bazemore? <laughs> okay. He either plays for the Warriors, the Knicks, the Jazz, or the Pistons. Uh, he plays for the Warriors. He plays for the Warriors. Over yeah. to you. <laughs> well, I'm actually one one for two. Well, oh no, yeah, my bad, my bad. You're one for two. My apologies. It just felt That's like right. you were over two because you guessed so many times on the second one. Well, look, man, Kent, uh, I, I, <laughs> I think Kent Bazemore has played for these teams that I guess. He, he. I don't think he's played for the Rockets, but he does. Oh, he has no. played for the Hawks. He's played for the Hawks. I'm pretty sure he played for. Sacramento. He was on the Kings last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So look, it wasn't that off, man. Give some credit. He could potentially have a big role for the Warriors too this year. So wow, now that you know he's on the team, we'll find out if he has a good role. Sleeper. He's a fantasy sleeper. All right, Alec Burks. Who does Alec uh, Burks play for? He used to play for the Jazz. Yeah, he used uh, to. Yes. Alec Burks. Eh? Where did he sign? Uh, Alec Burks. Did he, get, did he go to the Knicks? He did. He did go to the Knicks. Nice. That's good. Two for three. Looking good, my friend. All right. This one's hard. This one's hard because this guy got traded a lot of times this offseason. You know what I'm going to say? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to say, but go ahead. Trevor Reza. Oh, man. Uh, is Trevor Reza currently um, in flux with Oklahoma City? Wow, you're doing freaking good right now. Three for four. I thought you'd do worse. Thanks, man. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked I picked ones that were like pretty hard, not that hard. I've got yeah, those notifications to my phone, man. I like see where these people go. You got to turn that off. It's cheating. Well, I mean, it's not cheating if I got these post notifications like like a month ago. I don't I don't appreciate you cheating at this game of who he played for, Brandon. Here's your last one, Ed Davis. Man, is Ed Davis in Philly? No. I know. I remember he played for Portland. He has played for Portland. He's played for a lot of teams. Okay, this is a shot in the dark. Is Ed Davis in Detroit? No, he's not in Detroit. They they can't have all the centers. Oh, well, it's just, you know, I, I don't know where Ed Davis is, Jules. Okay, he's either on the Nets, the Grizzlies, or the Timberwolves. Nets, the Grizzlies, or the Timberwolves. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, I'm going to say the Timberwolves. Timberwolves is correct. Oh, he okay. signed to be their backup center. He's not very good anymore. Yeah, but that was, a, know, that was a pretty good performance, honestly. Three for five. I try. You did good. You did good. I had Yoan do this earlier today, and he was two for five. So you one-upped him. Yeah, man. I watch a lot of basketball. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said I don't know to everything. (laughs) Jules, to be fair, dude, until the season starts, I don't know. (laughs) I'll tell you what I do know. I I, I do know who he played for. You do know who he played for, my friend. Three out of five, who he plays for us. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening and participating. It's been another fun episode of the NBA Holes, and we will see you next time.